Hey everybody, welcome back to Game Store Profits, the podcast where we sit down and we talk about all things geeky and all things God. As always, I am Jeff Romo, and I am joined by... Mike Perna. Ooh, Mike, you sound really, really good. That would be because my good lady wife got me a new microphone for Christmas. Oh, baby, talk to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. What are, go into, like, like smooth jazz NPR radio. Well, hello there. This is Mike Perna reporting live. We're talking about board games and, and Jesus. And uh, if you'd like to donate to our, our fun drive, we are now. That's right. We're taking it PVS style, baby. Next on Game Store Profits, Down Abbey. Everything I'm listening to these days is coming off of NPR, so I'm used to the the, the quiet radio voice. Nice, nice. So uh, I was going to come in on the podcast singing a particular refrain that has been a huge part of our lives the last two or three weeks, or at least a huge part of the world's life. But then I reminded you about the fact that copyright is a thing and we, we can't do that. That's right. I don't want silent helicopters outside my window with soldiers with Mickey Mouse ears jumping out and coming after. <laughs> exactly. Okay? I don't want any business like that going on in my house. The house of mouse is not to be messed with. No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. But um, but I can say that, yeah, we've we've seen the film and uh, I, I think we can we maybe chat a little bit later about it if you want. But I think we might have we might do well with a one off episode just to kind of give our vibes on what we thought of the film and everything. So that way everybody knows. I'm still a little leery about that because star Wars is the kind of thing where half the audience will be like, Oh, of course it's awesome. It's perfect. And there's nothing wrong with it. And then the other half of the audience is like, it's awful. It's trash and you should not watch it. And I'm like, there's no mid feeling about this movie. It's either and, the and, best and movie fair. ever made or it's awful. And and it's fair, right? I mean, that's a fair assessment simply because it's like you've got it's a generational thing, right? You know? I sat down, I, I you know, I hear the the opening horn blast, right? A chill runs up and down my spine and I feel like I'm a 10-year-old all, all over again. And then what was even better and of course, we're going to talk a little bit about it, I guess. Uh, what was even better is that once I started seeing the opening scene, I felt like I was a five-year-old again. And the reason is, is that's when I saw The Empire Strikes Back, my very first film ever. So it brought me back that far. And so you can tell as why I pretty much love the film, sight unseen. But I didn't have the buyer's remorse that I had when I walked out of Phantom Menace. You know, like I was really all super high about Star Wars. And then I, like after 15 minutes, I was like... <sighs> that was yeah. see that for me that was the important thing because I when Star Wars first got announced I I looked at it and I go yeah we've been here before we've been here with the promise of new Star Wars and the promise of new Star Wars fell flat and now we're going to have that with lens flare so so I I I partly it was just because of scheduling I couldn't go anywhere near opening day yeah. So I only just went a couple of days ago. My wife wanted to do it as something special because she's just as much of a Star Wars nerd as I am. Awesome. So between that and my birthday coming up, she's like, look, we're going to make it a thing. We're going to go on New Year's. I go, that's fantastic. Hail's bail, son. Let's go. Yeah. So we ended up going. And the only thing I was looking for before going into this movie was, will it make me forget the damage that the prequels did. 
Right. Right. And the answer, in my opinion, is yeah, it really did. Now, the one big complaint that I have heard is that it's basically the same story as the yeah. earlier movies, just done with different characters. Yeah. And I'm okay with that for this one. Well, it, they got to welcome you back, right? Right. They got to say, look, we can bring you back to that place, and then now we're going to bring you somewhere new, you know, after that. It's like, I know I hurt you, baby. I know I hurt you. But Star Wars is back. You know, it's like... Well, the fun like, thing is, the fun thing is, is that we're getting a more... I, I, I don't want to use the words avant-garde. But we're getting we're getting a director for the next movies that is willing to like push boundaries a little bit. I honestly think that the the studio went to J.J. Abrams and like, look, J.J., here's the deal: we need to make sure that people know it's okay to come back. Yeah. Can you do this? Yeah, and and he did. It was awesome. He was like, yeah, I was spending some time doing Star Trek and everything, and then yeah, sure, do Star Wars. <laughs> But before we go off into full-on nerdiness in that general vicinity, let's get back to the world of games. Have you been playing anything recently? I know with the holidays, it gets kind of hard to play games. It was it was tough to squeeze in a game or two. I did manage to play Forbidden Island, and I had a lot of fun with that. It's my second playthrough with that one. My wife and I were in a local brick-and-mortar bookstore. Uh, there's still one or two left. And, uh, we found a game called Sherlock Holmes. It's like a, um, it's just a clue based game. You know, you read through the cards and you try and divine who is, you know, who's responsible for a particular. Oh, okay. I had, I crime. did have to, I did need you to clarify there because there are a number of Sherlock Holmes games. No, no, no. It's not, it's not like any of the big, the big makers. It's, it's, it's a small one. Um, it comes in like a little, I want to say like a five by five by five cube box and it has play cards in there and you work through the mysteries together. Um, and it's for like two to six players. Um, and to be honest, it's fun. It, it actually is good for like a, a good laugh. We, you know, we did it with a, another couple of, uh, uh, friends of ours. And so we had a lot of fun with that, but I actually, <laughs> again, I tie the stinking role playing games into this stuff all the time is that some of these cards were great for like little side mission things if your characters are in your game are deciding they want to do something different, you know, or they knock down a door and you're like, what the heck's behind that door? Oh, I've got a mystery for you. You know, so, but it's, uh, it was, a, it was a good game. It was good. Game. It's fun. It's fun for a lark. It's, you know, half hour, 45 minutes, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah. I, I just found myself earlier today talking about Sherlock Holmes consulting detective, which is a game that if you've never seen it, you should, cause it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But, it looks gorgeous, but it is also a game that I would, you know, I do caution people because like anything that involves with revealing something, you can play it once. And then after that, you're kind of left going, um, we know this already. You do this and, this and this and this and this guy did it. So, but it's such a fantastic game where you're given nothing. It it does not hold your hand at all. It basically says, here are the clues. What do you want to do with them? Right, right. And, and you know, and the cool thing, too, is that, I mean, you don't have to be, like, a super sleuth to, to get through it, but it does help to have good teamwork. It, you uh, do have to be a super sleuth to win, though. Yeah, Because well, yeah, to win Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, you have to figure out who did it before Holmes does like the, yeah. the game That's basically yeah. the game basically has a this is how Holmes figured it out this is what he did 
and your goal is to do it in fewer steps than he did. And it's nigh on impossible because the amount of information that Holmes has at his disposal to know where to go and to know where not to go and who to talk to and who not to talk to mm-hmm. is ridiculous because he's Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> so it, I mostly I've, I've, the people I know who have played it basically say the goal isn't so much to win as to not be embarrassed. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I actually have act- have gotten a, a good chunk of gaming in because uh, my wife actually uh, gave me the all clear to do game days the day after Christmas and New, and New Year's Day proper. Oh, well, well, hang on a second here, Mr. Purnell. Let me uh, pull up to the mic and live vicariously through you. And go. <laughs> a lot... <laughs> Well, a lot of it has just been, you know, standard stuff that I've been playing. I got to play some Ashes. Oh, uh, Ashes. I, I do have to say that uh, I Noah is my new favorite character in Ashes. It's the first time I got to play him. And oh, that's I'm, right. I'm a big fan of Noah. That's right. I saw you post up on Facebook trying this new character out. Yeah, no, he's he's fantastic. Now, I haven't tried any of the... The the real new people, like the people who just got released this month, mm-hmm. That's or right. last month, I should say now. Yeah. But uh, we're in January now. Yeah. So I don't know what they play like, but as as far as the out of the box characters, yeah, Noah Noah's my boy right now. Nice, nice. And uh, I got to play just a bunch of other stuff that I've played before. So I I. It's not much that I can talk about here because most of these games I've already had my moment to talk about them. Hmm. That is until New Year's Day. And literally about an hour before the game day happened, a box appeared on my front porch. That's that's heretical. There's no delivery on New Year's Day. The, <laughs> the box contained code names. <sighs> The game that has pretty much, I, I, there are some people who who don't have glowing things to say about it, yeah. but the number of people who list it as definitely their favorite party game of the year, and a good number of people say that it was their game of the year. Uh, it it made its way just in time for the game day, so I'm like, uh, this is still in shrink. Um, we need to play this. <laughs> It then became most of what we did on New Year's Day. Nice. That's cool, man. In the odd chance that you're listening to us and you've never heard of code names, uh, it's a a really interesting kind of I don't I don't know how to it's it's kind of like a word game, it's a deduction game, because there are two people from each team. Alright, there's two teams in the game, the red team and the blue team, and there's two people that are are playing the spy masters. Now, the spy master is trying to send agents to the proper agents on their team, but they don't know anything about the agent other than their code names. And so the idea is, is that the spy masters have this little card in front of them, which is a grid, and the grid corresponds to a grid of code name cards that have, you know, just one word things like, like, uh, dragon and you know row and you know I can't remember a bunch. There's like hundreds of these. So encephalopod, <laughs> that would be no. fantastic. I want to yeah. meet Agent Cephalopod. 
<laughs> so the idea is is that on that grid that only the spy masters can see, they show all the red agents, all the blue agents, all innocent bystanders, and one cart one name that is the assassin. The way this works is is that the spy masters are able to give out to their their teammates a one word clue and it, a number. Now you can play it safe and say like let's just say the 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 team wanted to say dragon because dragon is one of the code names. Of course it is. They're gonna say I I have this movie in my head which it wouldn't work as a good clue, but I'm gonna use it anyway just because this has been like an earworm in my head for the past like week and a half. Uh, <laughs> there's an old movie called The Flight of Dragons. <laughs> it's an old animated movie, so. You know, one of the dragons in that movie is called Gorbash. And so, I, you know, if I want the, my team to be like, all right, they need to pick dr- uh, dragon. So I'm going to say Gorbash 1. That means there is one card in the grid and it's related to that word. We've nice. had what, – what's really interesting is, is that you can play safe like that and just do one. You will probably not win if every turn you just do one card. Because the other team is also flipping cards. And so eventually you start saying things like, water, three. And so that means that there are three cards that are somehow related to water. And it's really interesting because you have that moment of trying to figure out the perfect word. Because here's the thing. If the other team picks one of the other team members, you know, words, one of their code names, that other team gets the point and it becomes their turn. If your team picks an innocent bystander, nobody gets a point, but it becomes the other team's turn. If you pick the assassin, whatever team picks the assassin instantly loses. That's it. Bob's your uncle. And so you, you keep going back and forth, back and forth. And it's the first team to reveal all the agents of their color. Now, I'm seeing that it's played in 15 minutes, so I'm assuming that as you're guessing, you have a time constraint. Is that to add the pressure, or is that even there? They give you a timer. I'm When it comes to party games, I tend to not be one for the, the time constraint, as long as people are generally moving along. Right. Like I With that type of game, it's always, for me, it's in that social kind of discussion. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to, like, hurry that along and rush it but i do generally kind of be like all right guys let's let's move this along so you don't have like a timer on your phone going with a with a um, sound effect of a silenced gun going off no yeah i i i don't do that just because (laughs) this kind of game if i want to play a stressful game i'd play a more strategic heavy game like i don't i don't need to do that on a party game i don't it's not my thing Gotcha, gotcha. But uh, really, I, like I, that that unlike a lot of other games, when they say, "Oh yeah, this plays," this you know, "Oh yeah, this totally plays in a half hour." Four hours later, you're still playing. Um, <laughs> this game actually, when it says like 15, 20 minutes to play, it actually is like fifteen twenty minutes. It's not a long game, right? It does party game right. It's it's a very simple game. It's really easy to get, and it's in and out really quickly, so that you can either play just a couple quick games to get people warmed up, or you can just play a lot 
of games just that people are entertained by. I'll tell you what, this sounds like one that I would probably get from my office. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's fantastic for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally can see this. I can actually see the people sitting on the edge of their seat. (laughs) I I will tell you one of the reasons why, one of the reasons I didn't get code names right off the bat is because I already have a lot of, like, social deduction party games. Right. So as much as everyone was raving about it, I go, I already have a lot of these, and the budget only goes so far. Right. But, but this is a good spur of the moment game, though. This is oh, yeah. like, I got 10 people over, you know, we just got done watching a flick or something like that. It's like, oh, you know what? I got code names. It's a 15 minute game. I'll bet you 10 bucks you want to play it longer, you know? Yeah, no, it, it does really good at that. And it, it's really good. It, it is a game that you can play with people who have never played a, a real serious board game before a, a day in their life. Even better. Um, yeah. It's the kind of it's the kind of thing you can just throw out real quick. Um, I, I highly recommend it. I, I did pick it up mostly just because it was on sale, but, and it was also hard because everybody was selling out of it. It was only recently that I was able to find a place where I can order code names where it was actually available. Right. Uh, I remember when it first came out, I saw it, you know, I got the email saying we have new stock at like eight thirty in the morning by 10 <laughs> o'clock. It was gone. Oh my gosh. Because literally, literally, I lost track of the number of people that that said this is like the the greatest game that came out this year, and nice. I I honestly like even in a year that saw like the release of big ticket things like Two Rooms and a Boom and some other stuff, I I can't tell you an, anyone who said that anything other than Code Names was the best party game released this year. Interesting, interesting. And, and this is and, after you're talking about Spyfall, and you know, I the <laughs> as much as I love Spyfall, uh, what's really was interesting was when Spyfall first came out, no one would shut up about Spyfall. Everyone was like, "This is the greatest game ever. This is fantastic. This is changing the way we do games. This is amazing." Right. Code Names comes out. Everyone, I like. There was a list of people. That was saying Spyfall would have been number one had code names not come out. Interesting. So very interesting. Basically, yeah, it it's it's a really, really, really solid game. If you're looking for that fifteen minute, you know, I got a bunch of people over. Because it, because mm. it's played in teams, you can virtually play as many people as you want. Right. So you're you know, it's not it you can play a whole bunch of people. Now granted, the bigger the number, the more you might have to bust out that timer because there's a bunch of different differing opinions and it's hard to get people to agree on something. But I I have a funny feeling that this game works well with two teams of two or two teams of however many. It it's mm-hmm. a really well put together game. Now to me that sounds like this would be a good game for a uh, like a church event. Right. You know, you could you can have it if you have like a large group and you're actually making a gaming event. It sounds like it'd be a lot of fun to kind of get people into that gaming vibe. Um, I I always say that that when you're running big, big ticket events, you should have a game that can handle large groups, especially because when you're first getting into it, it's hard to 
you know, get a bunch of people who, who aren't into gaming themselves, who probably came with a bunch of their friends and say, hey, by the way, leave your friends. There's only room for three people to play this game. Like, right. it's hard to do that. So I always say that you need at least one game that can handle large numbers. And there are, thankfully, a number of games out there that do that. But I would say that Codenames does well with that. Now, see, I, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna do something here with this, in that I'm not an engineer. I don't know how to de- design vehicles or anything. But I'm gonna build a segue here off of using good old code names and the idea that we would suggest this as a you know have like you said have a good party game in your hip if you're wanting to set up some form of a game day, and bring that into some of the things that you're looking you and I are looking to do next year or wait this year. 2016. That's right. And here's the segue part. You're writing a code book. Yes. You're writing a rule book. You're writing the book for (laughs) Inroads Ministries. The the Inroads (laughs) Core Handbook, yes. And it's part of like a list of things that we'd like to see happen in 2016, right? You know, things that we want to personally challenge ourselves to do, but also resolutions that we'd kind of like to do in 2016. So, you know, tis the season, right? Oh yeah. The the people who say that, that they don't do resolutions are really they're fuddy duddies. Because <laughs> now granted, I don't ever put too much weight on whether or not I've done it or not because life happens. But I think there's something there's something just nice about saying, Hey, we've got a new year in front of us. What do I want to see happen this year? Right. It's like it's like sitting down at your stereo and you've got a few hours that you're gonna have some music in the background, and it's like how are you going to set the tone for that time? Are you going to get some blues? You're going to get some rock and roll. You're going to get some jazz. That's what resolutions are all about. It's about setting the tone, setting the tune for that new year. So I, I've heard some of the lists that you have so far, Mike, and I'm fairly impressed with it. Even though you're saying they're not lofty goals, I think they're awesome goals. I think they are lofty in their own way. Well, I'm, um, I'm a big fan that a resolution should be something that is, is challenging yet right. still very reachable yeah, because if yeah. it's not reachable, then, you know, what are you doing? You're just shouting to the heavens, you know, <laughs> just to be like, ah, you know, it doesn't do anything. I'm going to build a spaceship out of Legos. Yes. And I'm, fly and it. fly to Mars. That, <laughs> there you go. That's something I want to see happen this year. I'll, I'll come back in December and tell you if I succeeded. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so I don't know. So let's let's kind of like launch into it a little bit here as far as like the kinds of things we want to look forward to in 2016. You want to you want to lead off? You want me to lead off? What oh, would you like? I mean, I'll I'll start. I mean, you already gave away the one. So that <laughs> I I'm just expound I, on that, sir. Expound on it. We'll we'll call that a half one. I'll get to my my first one. Yeah, I do want the the first draft of the Inroads Core Handbook to be completely done by the end of the month. I've I've been putting in a lot of outlining work and a lot of of what I want to see in there, but we're I'm just getting into the the whole actually putting words down part of that. So I'm hoping that we'll get the first draft by the end of the month and really start pushing to get that out. It's gonna have uh it's gonna you know have a lot of the philo- philosophical aspects of how we do ministry, like why we do games, why we think community is important. You know the just the just the the overall sense of of what 
gaming ministry looks like as opposed to just you know getting together and playing with your buddies that when you when you actually do active gaming ministry there's certain elements that kind of go above and beyond game days uh so we do a little bit of that there will be a little bit of nuts and bolts practicality like what games should i buy how do i advertise you know how do i get the room situated what type of group do i have there's going to be all sorts of of handy tools like that. And then once you've determined, you know, how do I do outreach versus how do I do discipleship? That's going to be a section in there as well. And I'm going to try and put in as many resources as I can. Just like, here's a a selection of games that might be a good one to, to open up your collection. If you don't have any games available yet, like certain things like that, that's all going to be in there. So, so hopefully I'll get that, that completed. Uh, it's one of the many things that I have to do. I was just before we got started recording, I told Jeff all the stuff I have to do in January just inroads related, and then <laughs> I started realizing that's a lot of things. And I also have my day job, and I also have you know hanging out with my wife, and I also have. <laughs> Don't worry, Mike. It's only the third. Yeah, it'll it's be only the thirty first before you know it. Yeah. Um, so that being like like the one that was kind of the the teaser, I'll get into my first one that wasn't mentioned. And uh, that is, I came to realize recently that I don't own a dexterity game. Now, you, I had you explain this to me before, and I know I'm a relative noob to the industry, but explain to me what a dexterity game is. Well, a dexterity game is where the actual physical act of moving a piece is the game. Where it's not necessarily so much the strategy of if I move this here and do this, then three turns from now. It's literally, I pick up a thing and I move it, or I flick it, or something, or I, I knock it off. Like there's there's some physical aspect. The one I always go to because generally everyone, whether they're a gamer or not, has at least heard of this game is Jenga. Right, that's the, the first one that sprung to mind when you mentioned it. The the game itself is the physical act of taking a brick from the bottom of the tower and moving it to the top. So I don't own a dexterity game. And I I feel woefully lacking because of it, because I think there's a lot of value in a dexterity game. If for nothing else, then it it has that that moment that that eye catching, you know, grab you moment. When you see one of those things set up on a table, you're instantly asking what the heck is happening here. Um, Probably I will tell you that my goal would be to get flick them up because that is a dexterity game. Uh, that is fantastic and it just because of the fact that you actually have the wooden like like buildings that sit on the table and you're actually like playing out a wild west shootout by flicking little wooden bullets at each other isn't that awesome my gosh (laughs) i've never seen flick them up at a convention that didn't have like 30 people around the table because (laughs) and everybody must wear eye protection because because even (laughs) Even if you're not the ones playing, it's there's a like it's like a spectator sport at that point. Sure. And so my I do want to add at least one dexterity game to the library. Probably that would probably flick them up. That'd be a good one, I think. (laughs) So what what about you, Jeff? What what's one that you want to put out there? Well, um, I, I know I've been like I've been handling the the GM duties for for our youtube channel and i I know soon 
you know, probably in January as well, that you'll be doing Numenera. No, I'm just kidding. January's already jam-packed. Don't worry about that. But I know that that's going to be one of the things that's on your your list to do this year is to jump in on a Numenera game and, and lead us through an adventure. Yeah, that that's not a, not a resolution so much as a calendar item. But. Yeah, that's like the next thing. Yeah, that's like the next thing that we'll do as like an inroads play in the version that we have inroads plays right now, which is basically, you know, it's not so much a one shot, it's not so much a full bore campaign, but it's like a module that we work through. Um, you know, we did that with D and D. We're doing that now with uh, with Victoriana. But I, what I wanted to really do is kind of get myself out of my comfort zone when it comes to game mastering duties. I'm fine with the whole week to week episodic uh reactive narrative that i'm i've I've done so far but i really want to delve into more of like a sandbox feel for a game where i am i've got my my little toy soldiers in the background that i know what kind of story elements i want to draw from you know like that sherlock holmes game i just draw a card and i'm going to use that mystery or whatever so a little while back a couple weeks ago i released a little teaser trailer for uh, a, a new space opery type game that I would like to put together. And it's based on a system called Stars Without Number. Um, it's available free if you, if you want to get the PDF uh, version of it out on DriveThruRPG. There is a full paid version as well that's only, I think it's like anywhere from 15 to $20. And it just has additional material in there about the world in and of itself. But the system itself is an OSR. It's, you know, it's an old school system that lends itself to a good sandbox feel. And my goal, my resolution is that I'm going to stretch my GMing ability and I'm going to bring that to the, the folks who, who hopefully want to be involved with it. Um, the, the base element, and I'll have like a separate video that I'll release that shows really with the nuts and bolts of what I want to do. But the base element of it is to have something that's set in the year 3200. That's where this game system is set. And you guys are, you know, spacefarers. You're, you know, either smugglers or you're couriers or you're, you're just trying to survive in this far-flung future. And for the time-starved person in all of us that, you know, is looking for a game or a one-off, that sort of thing... The great thing that I'm, or at least in my mind, the great thing about this is that it can be built on one-shots. It's a persistent universe, but you could have any number of crews. You could, you know, mix, mix and match crews, that sort of thing, to go off on an adventure. But that adventure has impact on the general universe at large. So it's it's a it's a compounding narrative. It's um it's a way to get people involved if they you know they only want to maybe dabble in one game or something. Great, let's do it. Uh, we can do recorded, we can do non-recorded if you just want to game it out and just try out an RPG. Um, so that's kind of the base, that's the core nuts and bolts of what I'm looking to do. It's pretty ambitious, but I really think it's something that we can do. And again, I just want to stretch my GMing skills to the brink. Well, I will say that, you know, as as is the way with, with most people on Board Game Geek this time of the year, People generally want to look back at the plays that they've recorded throughout the year and and just kind of take stock of, of what they've been playing. Uh, I did as well. Um, this is probably, I'd say that this year was probably the first year I actually took recording games, at least games played on Board Game Geek a little bit more seriously. I made sure that if I played something, I recorded it. 
mostly because I'm realizing that as as the years have gone by, you know, we're doing this podcast and I want to be able to talk about the fact that I did some things. So I, I looked at mine and I played about 43 unique games this year. And so I, I looked at, around at that stuff and I go, okay, there's a, there's a handful of different resolutions that I made based on that, that number. And the first right. one, I realized something, you know, doing the top 10 videos in our series from my collection, mm-hmm. uh, I realized something. I realized that out of my top five games, if you eliminated Gen Con, I only played two of them. And even then, only one of them multiple times. So I want to fix that. Now, well, how, you, how do you propose to fix something like that? It's basically make people play my favorite games. <laughs> I'd love to say I'd love to say there was more strategy and thought to it, but it really isn't because what has been the case is is that uh, I, I've mentioned a handful of times already on the podcast that the there's not really a gaming community in my neighborhood. There's not really a you know, a collection of gamers. There's only a couple friendly local gaming stores. And in each of those, if you're not playing Magic or Yu-Gi-Oh! or something along those lines, they're really you catch one open like open gaming day a week, maybe. And it you know, everything else is if you're in one of those games, you have a built-in community. It's already there. So with games that I like to play, I tend to like like playing one meatier, weightier game rather than a bunch of small games. Right. I also, you know, I don't, I, I really don't mean this to be like, uh, you know, coming off like a snob or something, but there are games <laughs> that I just don't, I don't want to play anymore because I think I've moved past them. Yeah. Like games that, you know, they're still fun to, you know, people really still enjoy them, but I don't like, I've said it before. I, I have precious little love for Munchkin these days, but I know people love to play it. But the problem is, is that they'd rather go to smaller games that they know what they're doing. And the strategy is real simple. And you can play like five or six games of a smaller game in the same time as it would take to do one of my games once. Right. So it, and, and they're looking for that variety, right? They're looking right. For, and so it know. so it intimidates the heck out of people. So I I really am just getting to a point where there's a couple people I know who are like, well, what's your favorite game? I go, well, my favorite game are these over here, and then I talk to them about it, and they get that look. And then there's a couple of them that have have came up to me in the probably in the past week or so, and been like, we want to play your favorite games because. You know, I I go out of my way to play other people's favorite games. Right. And uh, this year I'm just being like, look, it doesn't have to be like, I'm not looking for like 20 times, though that would be awesome. But I just want to make sure that my favorite games do occasionally get to the table, partly because I just want to play them and partly because I want people to experience the kind of stuff that that happens when you're playing that weightier game. I can I can totally imagine you outside of like a, a friendly local game store, you know, dressed in like uh, you know jeans and a t-shirt and a, 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 a tan raincoat, you know, with the sleeves rolled up and a stereo above your head, playing the Star Wars theme, and then like drawing them outside so that you can talk to them about it, you know, like John Cusack. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, some people in our audience may not get that reference. But wow. Anyway. It, we really have just dated ourselves, dude, when, <laughs> when a say anything reference just got made. That just happened. Hells yeah. Hells yeah, that's right. I'll be holding <laughs> the boombox over my head to, you know. <laughs> All right, let's, let's move out of the 80s nostalgia. What's your next one? <laughs> let's get back to it. So, you know, I'd, I'd definitely be busy with the whole Stars Without Number thing. But I'm setting myself up for having regularly scheduled events, whether that's planning for that game or going into my next resolution is to get a regular game night on the books. I got Mike Basha like a stone's throw away, right? Mm-hmm. And if, if for those who don't know, Mike Basha is one of our one of our uh, folks that's on the board that helps us keep En-ROADS Ministries running. And he's got a son that's uh, 14 now who's getting into board games. I've got a couple other guys from church that are starting to show some interest. So it's it's getting that and rallying it to become a regular thing. So I'm, I'm going to shoot for the moon and go for every two weeks. And if that doesn't work, then we'll stretch it out to maybe once a month. But that's my resolution is that by the time we talk at the end of this year that I will have at least, let's say, 10 games or more with that group on a regular basis. So that's my goal. That's that's my, my resolution. <laughs> okay. For the, the sake of, of time here, I'm going to put two of my resolutions into one because it's basically like the same concept. It's just slight variation. Uh, right. This year I looked at my at my game totals and it was 43 unique games. And what I mean by unique games is is that literally different individual titles. Now, I've played many of those games multiple times, but that many individual games got played. So my goal this year would be to get 60 unique games. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen because the the downside of, of that previous situation that I found myself in with the idea that, uh, the gaming community is basically still being built around here. The problem with that is, is that usually if a game comes out and I want to play it, I have to buy it because no one else is. Right. So it's hard necessarily to get all the awesomeness, but I'm, I'm hoping that I can make that happen. I have more than that in my personal collection so I'm hoping that I can just get that number. And then the other number, not caring about unique games, but get 100 different games played. So it can be the same number of titles, but I just want to have 100 different play sessions of games this year. Well, in the words of our favorite maladjusted father, impressive, most impressive. <laughs> For me, you know what? I, I, there's, I think I've got the resolution portion covered. I would say just because of the two, the two that I have are pretty big in my world just simply because of my time constraints. You know, we both deal with that on opposite ends of the coast. There's at least some breakage in the time space continuum. So much stuff that we have going on in our lives. But, um, the, the next phase is to really get my foothold into my local church as far as bringing in Rose Ministries to the forefront. There's been, you know, there's been a change kind of in the structure. On our side, they were very receptive to the marriage ministry, the advent of the, uh, and the, and so they held hands, um, you know, bringing that game to the to the table. But I want to make it a larger part of the church, and I got two great clues 
that occurred uh, in November, and then one just this morning. Ed, we're recording on a Sunday, folks, so at church this morning. And that is the professed love of J.R.R. Tolkien and going deep into Lord of the Rings lore on the pulpit. So I was like, okay, I think I can make this happen here. Something is being told to me that I need to go ahead and step out in faith and go for it. So, um, you know, it, it, it's been great working through the marriage ministry to kind of get inroads, some exposure there, but I want to go to the larger church at, at, at large. You know, and, and, and for my, my neck of the woods, it's a little bit different, you know, because I, I go to a more conservative church. I'm kind of in that more conservative wing. And it's it's great to surprise people and say, hey, I'm also in the gaming culture. You know, I'd, I'd like to get this involved. So that's that's the big resolution for me. So I think I've got a triumvirate there that I think are attainable, but will definitely stretch me in 2016. I will say, well, as time is quickly moving ahead for, on us here and we've got many more things to talk about, uh, I Not did have... Middle. I did have a couple more, but I'm going to just, just end it on this one. I will say that because one thing that people don't always realize with inroads is that we are sprinkled throughout the country. There are few of us that are living close to each other. You and Basha are pretty much the only ones I know that are within easy driving distance of each other. Oh, I could walk. You can walk. I could walk. Yeah. So <laughs> other than you two, everyone else is spread out across the country. My goal this year is to recruit at least two people. I do believe that you should put numbers on. I could just keep it vague, but I do want to put a number on it. I want to try and recruit hmm. two people here in New Jersey where I am and where the technical center of Inroads Ministries is. I want to get two people that are dedicated volunteers here as opposed to me trying to work with all you guys on the the, the left coast <laughs> and and so I want to try and get some more help that I don't have to involve Skype to get in touch with. Yeah, you know, I it's I totally agree with that. I mean, I've I've got the opportunity every so often to work from home, but there nothing beats being face to face with folks when you're trying to get a job done. Um, so yeah, I definitely can understand that. So Jeff, do you have any more, or are we just going to move on to the next topic here? Uh, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. I, I'm I'm really kind of. It took me a while to come to come up with this. You thrown the suggestion out last week as far as you know the topic you wanted to go on, and I was like, you know what? I want to really put my head to this, put my head and my heart to it. So yeah, I'm solid. Okay. So that being said, you guys can definitely check with us. We'll probably we might end up at our our next end of year special. You know, kind of revisiting this, or maybe this time next year we'll do it another one like this. But we'll mm. see how we did on this. Uh, it's a great idea, but, uh, let's kind of, you know, as we come to wrap up this episode, it kind of like, what are some things that you're, that you're looking forward to in 2016 games or stuff or, or various things. (laughs) Um, based on my wonderful experience with the film we started talking about earlier, um, I'm definitely looking forward to rogue one. So that would be kind of like on my, my hit list this week or this year. I wish it was this week. Um, as far as, uh, uh, goals that I, or not goals, but, uh, things I'm really looking forward to board game wise, I am really looking forward to a game called Arkham Investigator. Um, it's, it looks like it's slotted for release this year. Things are looking good. Um, I don't see any reason why it shouldn't get published, but it's a murder mystery, uh, a macabre detection in the middle of the HP Lovecraftian horror theme 
So I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, it's it's for like one to ten players, so you can have fun with like doing like a murder mystery night, that kind of thing. And if your folks are into Lovecraftian uh, 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 horror, then more's the better. I mean, here here's what grabbed me, and they they build out cases to where you're you're going through and you're solving a case. They have a you know a limited number of them. There's going to be a total of ten, I think, with the first release, uh, but then with the promise of releasing more. Um, but here's just some of the case case listings. A Grain of Evil, The King Cometh, and if you're a Lovecraft fan, then you know which king we're probably talking about. Um, the Serpent's Revenge, The Slumbering Solace. I mean, come on. That's just awesome. <laughs> so, so yeah, definitely looking forward to that game. We kind of had our, our uh, interest peaked with doing that little Sherlock game, the little one-off thing that I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, but... Um, in any case, uh, yeah, it, it just looks like fun. So looking forward to that game. I mean, there's a bunch that are coming out in 2016, you know, that we've already talked about a little bit in the past, but what do you got? Oh, there's, there's a bunch of games that, that I am really excited about. Uh, some of which I'm pretty confident that are going to be good. One of which I know is going to be good because, you know, we, we talked with the designer on the podcast and I've seen it. Uh, and it just, it literally just got released a couple days ago on Amazon. So I'm super excited about that. So I'll start off with that one actually, uh, commissioned by Pat Lysite, uh, just came out on, on literally January 1st. So yep. that game is now available to the public. Uh, the Kickstarter backers have gotten theirs. A bunch of people in the tavern, a bunch of our regulars have been talking about the fact that they got their copies and love it. So I'm excited the fact that that's actually out there in the world so that even if you didn't get in the Kickstarter like myself, we can now get that game. There's things that are coming out in the future that I'm really excited about to keep the Star Wars thing rolling. Star Wars Rebellion is coming out. Oh, baby, that looks good. It is a an interesting game. It is a asymmetrical game where one person is playing the Empire and one person is playing the Rebellion. And it really is interesting because the the... The Empire is just has the full on force of of the powerful, um, impressive army at its disposal, uh, but at the same point, it doesn't necessarily know where everything is. Whereas the rebels, you know, have a hidden base and they're trying to amass forces and and try to work, you know, through uh, strategic strikes and various things. They're trying to take over the Empire and. I think it looks really, really interesting. I haven't played it, obviously, because, you know, very few people have. But it looks really interesting. I really want to take a look at that. Another Kickstarter, another couple Kickstarter games that are looking to come out to the public this year are Seventh Continent, which is basically a choose-your-own-adventure the board game. You are basically, you know, gathering equipment and, you know, moving through from place to place on the, the various places on the board that is a modular board, so you don't know what you're going to be finding. It has an interesting mechanic of how you like save your progress, which is a big thing this year I'm finding, is that games that, that are longer, that, that want you to continue an ongoing story, have some kind of mechanic that says, this is how you save your game for future progress. Yeah, so, they had that with uh, Mistfall, I think. Yeah, there's a couple there's different games game that do about. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm excited about that one. Banner Saga. I'm a huge fan of the Banner Saga computer game. So when they started announcing that the Banner Saga Banner Saga board game was going to come out and it was going to be very similar to how the, the fights worked in that computer game, I was very excited about that. 
Banner Saga is, you know, I've, I've, you know, the fact that Blood Rage is now, you know, my number one game, uh, I, I give away the fact that I'm a huge fan of Norse mythology and it does all sorts of various aspects of Norse mythology and Banner Saga. So it automatically has some points with me there. And I, I couldn't talk about 2016 games without talking about Scythe. Yeah, Be- come on. Because for the longest time when that Kickstarter was running, nobody could talk about anything other than Scythe. That game looks fantastic. I I could not do it justice explaining that what Scythe is about in, in its entirety because I've been trying to just shove so many games into this list. But uh, there's plenty of information out there right now. It's by Stonemeyer Games. And uh, it's set to come out in August, which if it's not a Gen Con release, I don't know what is. So I'm hoping that I'll be able to see it and play it and maybe bring, maybe be able to bring it home with me. If you do that, then you've definitely got to do an awesome video for that, man. See, Scythe, for me, it the coolest thing about it is I'm a sucker for alternate history with mechs. Uh, yeah. whether it that whether it's video games, whether it's board games, whether it's role playing games, if if you are like nineteen twenties and earlier and you have giant robotic mechs, I'm instantly in. <laughs> Enough said. Take my money. Just shut up. Yeah. Take my yeah, money. Yeah, no. Scythe I I'm slow because of the fact that I've been burned so many times before from hype games on Kickstarter and various things. Yeah. Um I don't know if it's going to be a game that I'm going to enjoy, but I'm hoping that it is going to be a Gen Con release so that I can play it and and verify whether or not it's a game that I like. Because so far, it sounds fantastic. Well, judging by the hype, you'll have to get in early to try and sign up for that game. Oh, that, you know, this year, because we won't have the booth this year, there and because of the fact that I'm actually going to have some minions, and by the way, if you'd like to join the Inroads Ministries Minion Guild for Gen Con this year, you can definitely get in touch with me. I, I am a big fan of minions, and so we're going to have at least a couple this year, and nice. that will that will free me up to be able to to be able to stand by a table and be like, I just want to play. Is there an opening yet? I want to play. <laughs> uh, so so that's hopefully all the various sundries that we're going to get to see this year. Um, Jeff, let's just kind of wrap things up with this. What's, what's a couple things that you hope to see with the ministry in this upcoming year? We, we kind of talked about it in, in a previous episode, but now that, I mean, that, that episode was actually, you know, almost a month ago and we've passed the holidays and we've actually gotten to 2016 now. So we don't have to go through all of it because that would just be silly. But is there any particular thing that you're getting excited about? It's got to be the the potential of expansion. You know, you're, you're talking about, you know, recruiting some folks out there, the involvement of other people in the ministry. You know, we had TR Knight write a, the first in a what's going to be a long series of, of articles. It's a, it's a monthly to, a monthly series. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we've got expansion there. I mean, TR Knight obviously brings his own street cred to the game here. You know, we've got Daniel Fisher, you know, out in Tennessee who's, you know, just laboring with love on on En-ROADS Ministries and helping us out. It's It's seeing people, you know, really step up and and helping out with with what we're trying to do here. So I think what I'm looking forward to the most is to see what that 
love what that blood, sweat, and tears is going to render, you know, for us in the coming year. Um, I can't see anything but great things. You know, I, you know, me and Daniel were looking at working on a couple of, you know, one-shot ideas for video, um, uh, video presentations for the YouTube channel to try and expand that. Um, we'd love to get involved with more folks to bring out more viewership, that sort of thing. Um, and then getting invested in more churches, you know, local here, across the country, wherever. And, and it sounds kind of vague, I know, but, you know, again, we've mentioned this before, kids, a year and a half ago, or, or, or whatever that timeline is, because it still blows my mind, we, we were talking about Inroads Ministries in vague notes as well. And it's like, all of a sudden, things have just kind of taken root, and it's grown, it's blossomed, and I just, I really can't wait to see what that does as we see more people joining out, joining the team and helping out. Yeah, I'm, I, I would definitely agree with that. I, I'm, I'm hoping that in this year, uh, we, early on, this is so far going to be accurate. I'm hoping that we can get at least one game day in a church at least once every month. Uh, so far, Feb- uh, January and February, we do have games on the calendar. And, That's a lot, uh, baby. And I'm hoping that we'll be able to get more as the year progresses to work with with local churches here and to just see that grow and see that that understanding that this is and or it can be at least valid ministry in and of itself. That there's a way to reach people. There's a way to grow people together by using these games. And I'm hoping that we see that, you know, as we partner with more and more churches, I'm, I'm also excited about simple things like, uh, our Gen Con plans are getting potentially bigger. Tavern Con, uh, last year I put together Tavern Con with about a month's notice. And, uh, this year, obviously we know way ahead of time. I'm hoping to get the final approvals for the, the building that we're going to use, hopefully, um, I'm hoping to get that notice soon so we can I can really start getting more games industry people, some more designers and some other stuff like that and uh, really make TavernCon more of uh, just an awesome event. We actually were able to accomplish quite a bit last year with what we did what we had. But uh, I I really think that with the with more planning, we can actually make something really really awesome. And obviously, we want to keep doing stuff like Extra Life too. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm actually going to, to increase the goal of fundraising this year for Extra Life. That's something that we're super looking forward to. And there's, there's just, there's just a bunch. And really, ultimately, I'm just super happy to see the the community of the regulars grow. Whether it's in the tavern itself on Facebook, on our site, and with people commenting and stuff like that, and in our board game geek guild. Uh, I really just love seeing more and more people come out and get excited about what we're doing. Yeah, definitely. All right, Jeff, I think with that, I think we're going to wrap this episode up. Um, how about you send us out? All right, guys. As always, uh, it's it's great to see what we're going to be doing here in the near future and in the long term. But uh, we're so blessed to have you guys along for the ride. Um, always remember that God is the Game Master. And no matter how the dice fall, the game plays on.